Hi, and welcome to Poetry Aloud. I'm your host, Hannah Russelo. On Poetry Aloud, I connect with other contemporary poets and read their work. We communicate back and forth over email or over Skype, and I ask them the following questions. Why did you choose these words? What were you feeling when you wrote this poem? What were you hoping to communicate? What would you like us to know about your poetry? Every week, I read one poem that they chose from their collection and one poem that I choose from their collection. Then I talk about their work and provide some insight into what they were thinking while writing and what I was thinking while reading. Welcome to Poetry Aloud. Hello. I'm so glad you decided to join me today on Poetry Aloud. I have some really great stuff lined up, and today I'm starting with the fabulous Maxima Khan. She recently came out with her book, Fierce Aria, from Finishing Line Press. The entire book really wrestles with the question of what it means to use words, which are by definition imperfect, to describe something indescribable, to try and make that connection with others while knowing that even the very language we use is flawed. It's a really interesting and complex and thoughtful topic, and Maxima really does it justice. She really delves into what does it mean to use language to connect with other people, and I think as poets we can all kind of identify with that question of how do we connect with our readers, and how do we make sure that our poems speak our language but are also not alienating to those we're trying to share them with. So the very first poem I'll be reading on Poetry Aloud is Maxima's favorite from her collection, and it's called The Language of Clouds. Enjoy. The Language of Clouds. Sky writes large with a brilliant hand, wave and anvil, impending horizon. Clouds stack up like plates, white china waiting to fall. The gods pellucid riding in the advancing squall. While down on earth we stumble in the fog, our gestures hardly able to articulate such light, wan palettes thinning over grayed areas, threadbare desire, tired old wants, our words a muttered air trailing off before the ends, mute icons towards something we don't understand. Captured ice hangs in the atmosphere, striking us dumb, cirrus streaks across the sky, Nimbus laden with rain, cumulus paving cloud streets the angels might ride down. We have no vocabulary to compare with these dialects of illumination. Black waves swallow mountains whole, rewrite the known in vast billows on which we read signs. If I could appropriate the language of clouds, Tune its cold mastery to my mouth, draw my images in inverted air with noctilucent lines, spread myself across the sky in manic hues, peach blossom, gunmetal, mauve, and turquoise, and always be erasing, like the Tibetan sandmasters building grain by grain elaborate mandalas to be emptied in the river's flow. I could speak in stacked plumes, mock suns, and errant holes in the sky. If these distortions were my speech, the scud and pilus, who would I be? How does my language write me? <sighs> wow. I just really want to repeat that last line. How does my language write me? 
It's just such a wonderful question and thought. How do the words that we create and that we put on paper and that we put out into the world, how do those change us? How do they make us into something more than a poet? How do they define us? It's it's really incredible. I love that line. So I'm going to read some words that Maxima sent to me about this poem and how it speaks to her. And so she wrote that this poem really shows, quote, how different languages around the world contribute to the creation of very different cultures by what one can and cannot easily express in those languages and also how they sound, end quote. I'm going to skip a little ahead. Um, and she includes an example of what she means, quote, the way different languages make music in the mouth and air bears relationship to the landscape and creatures in which those languages were birthed, end quote. <laughs> to read that insight really explains a lot about the poem itself, right? I've heard of this concept before of how languages shape the world that we see, and I'm actually fluent in both French and English. That also shapes the world that we see, right? There are words in French that I can't really pick for English and words in English that I can't really use in French. So again, this constant question of what it means to be a poet, what it means to try and capture things that are really only felt and that also vary from person to person, right? You know, these these experiences that we each have that aren't necessarily universal in the way that we experience them, but are universal in the way that they show up in the world concretely, and maybe are universal in the way that they speak to us, even if they speak to us each in a different way. Another reason why I really love this poem is that it takes something that all of us have experienced, right? The natural world, language, all of these things that we all know, but it shows them in such a new light. When you think about clouds, this idea of quote, sky writes large with a brilliant hand, unquote. Not only is Maxima writing this poem, but the sky is also adding to this poem, right? It's also writing. It's also making its mark because it's made this mark on her. She also writes, quote, black waves swallow mountains whole, rewrite the known in vast billows on which we read signs, end quote. So this idea of an ever-changing, constant-changing world, this ever-changing environment that probably doesn't have much inherent meaning, but we find meaning in it. And if we're a part of nature, maybe that means it does have meaning in the end, right? If we're the ones inscribing meaning upon it. And then that line, quote, if I could appropriate the language of clouds, unquote. This is the desire of all poets to take this language that all of us speak and yet none of us can speak to each other and find a way to communicate with it, right? I just love the idea of sitting outside and, and looking at the sky and thinking, how am I ever going to get this onto a page? And Maxima did it. She got it onto a page. It's really impressive. Okay. Um, so I have my own favorite poem by Maxima. Um, and I'm going to read that one now. One kiss. I feel a sharp pain where language limits me. I come to the end of its jeweled brilliance. The saying stops. 
yet living continues, all the uncontained like a vast lake, reflective and blue, laughing at these inky marks, pale shadows, the sounds our mouths would make. No matter how we carve the letters, one kiss undoes them all. Sensations explode through the nerve canals. The brain's urgent semaphores signal meanings housed so deep in the body's library of memories. We'll never know why we're ready to pledge our lives, just to dive once more into the reckless, inconsendent darkness of this touch. Except a kiss holds what our speech cannot, a taste of the unbounded, the sun coming up inside the flower. We'll never grasp it, the exact shade and shimmer of new light after a storm, like the wetness and newness after making love. Or we'll touch and touch again, like an obsessive lover fingering the locks that open to a world of fire and sharp song, an annihilation we crave yet never quite find in the rigid troops marching across the page, no matter how our tongues refigure the 26 permutations of the alphabet into a flux, a wreckage, a monument to the changeless. We crush them, the letters, for the sweet juice running red and purple through our fingers, staining us inedibly, the river in our veins. <sighs> I always like to take a really deep breath after reading a poem, just to give me some time to absorb the words that I just read. This one is just so incredible. I love the idea of, quote, far beyond the flicker of words, end quote. These moments captured in time that flicker back and forth, but are so bright, they almost stain our minds. They take root there. And this poem really, really speaks to how words take root, but how words also fail us. How one kiss is a sensation that we'll never be able to describe fully. How a kiss is something so personal, so universal, and yet so impossible to speak of. <laughs> so perfect in a way, right? Because Maxima's talking about all of these things that she can't capture, that she tries to capture, that she wonders how language, if language can even capture, and yet she captures this feeling so perfectly. It really is just a wonderful piece of work. All right, here's a little bit of information about Maxima. Maxima Khan lives in the Sierra Nevada in California. Her debut full-length collection of poems, Fierce Aria, which is what we're talking about today, was released by Finishing Line Press in May 2020. Her poetry and essays have appeared in the Los Angeles Review, Louisville Review, Wisconsin Review, Spillway, and Sweet, among many others. She has received fellowships and scholarships to the Vermont Studio Center and the Community of Writers. Having taught at the University of California, Davis Extension, she now teaches and blogs at brilliantplayground.com. You can find out more about her writing at maximacon.com and get insider access to her creative process and her newest work at patreon.com slash maximacon. And that's going to be M-A-X-I-M-A-K-A-H-N. 
I really encourage you to pick up a copy of Fierce Aria. Obviously, these poems will have probably convinced you by now to pick it up and read it. Um, but if you need a little bit more convincing, check out my review of her book on my website, hannahrusolo.com. Get ready for the spelling of that because my last name is a doozy. So that's H-A-N-N-A-H-R-O-U-S-S-E-L-O-T.com. And I have a little tab at the top that says reviews. And I really think that you know, Maxima's words speak for themselves, but check it out. And if you have anything to say about it, or if you want a review of your own book, just let me know. All right. And for the last segment of my show, I'm going to read you a poem from my just released chapbook called Ocean Currents. It's published by Finishing Line Press, just like Fierce Aria is. Um, and it's available for pre-orders right now on their website. You can just go to Finishing Line Press and search Ocean Currents. It's under their pre-orders tab. Ocean Currents is my second collection to be published, um, which is just incredible. It's been my dream ever since I was a kid to have a published book, and now I have two. Um, and this one's very special to me. It deals a lot with my struggles um, growing up and living in the world as someone with a pretty intense mental illness, um, and just how that changes the way that you view the world, how it changes the way you view yourself, but also how it can really leave a space for strength for you to grow if you are lucky enough to have access to therapy and medication and supportive people, which I do. And having had such incredible support throughout my life, it is still really difficult. And Ocean Currents is about acknowledging that pain, but also acknowledging what can come from that pain. So if you're interested in purchasing the book, check out Ocean Currents on Finishing Line Press. And if you need a bit more time to be convinced, just keep listening to the podcast because I'll keep reading poems from it. <laughs> so without any further ado, here is By the Lake. This poem was actually first published by Broadkill Review, um, and it was one of three poems that they published of mine. I really recommend checking them out. They're a really great publication. And they nominated this poem for Best of the Net, which was a really great surprise and uh, super, super gratifying. So I hope you enjoy it as much as they enjoyed it. Oh, and also I like to provide a content warning for some of my poems. I just don't want anyone to be caught off guard. Um, it's never a fun feeling. So this poem has a content warning for a small mention of drugs and guns. By the Lake I went outside to smoke a bowl because my boyfriend was still sleeping, because the sunrise was magical, because I had no real reason, just desire. While I was standing out there, my coat wrapped tight around me and smoke wrapped loosely around my vision, I saw the geese. Well, I heard them first. Outraged honks and splashing water and the beating of wings. Chasing, fighting, they would rise in the air like deities and fall back into the water like bullets. Finally getting high, I start to think of my students, all of whom know what a gun is. I use poetry as a way to kind of get a window into my own feelings, but also as a way of letting others know they're not alone. And I hope that as I continue to read my poems, you either learn something new, um, chances are you'll definitely learn something new about me, um, or you feel like you're less alone in this world.
Thank you so, so much for listening to this episode of Poetry Aloud, the very first one. I hope you have an absolutely wonderful day. Can't wait to see what the future holds for us. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Poetry Aloud. To receive updates about the podcast and submission calls, or just to say hello, follow me on Twitter at PoetryAloudPod or email PoetryAloudPod at gmail.com. I also have a newsletter, so if you're interested in that, just let me know. If you'd like to support the podcast and my work, please consider donating at co-fee.com slash PoetryAloudPod. Poetry Aloud is recorded, written, and produced by Hannah Russolo. The logo for Poetry Aloud was created by Sophia Tancredi, and the music was created by Violet Smith.